I want to prophesy something to you this morning. God's got some beautiful things in store for you in your life. If you'll receive it, take a hold of it. Follow through with him. You watch and see what he does in your life. I'm expecting great things. Take and turn in your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Timothy. We've got three passages of scripture we're going to be looking at this morning. Second Timothy, chapter 1. I'd like for everybody to look at it. These words can change your life. These words will change your life. Chapter 1, verse number 7. When you got it, say, I got it. I got it. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. I want to read it again. Let your heart catch it. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love and a sound mind. Now, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 6. Galatians 5, verse number 6. When you got it, say, I got it. I got it. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Say with me, but faith which worketh by love. In Christ Jesus, that's what matters, is faith that worketh by love. Now, turn to 1 John. 1 Chapter 4, verse number 8. When you got it, say, I got it. <laughs> there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love, or not matured in love. Pray with me this morning. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. 
the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And I ask that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit Amen. in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here's three different passages of Scripture. There's a common thread that ties all three of them together. See, there's things about the Word of God that we need to recognize and give place to. One of them is you can't take any one scripture and just make a doctrine out of it. That's how people get off the wall and do crazy stuff. Scripture will line up, line upon line, and precept upon precept. Not only will it make sense, it'll keep on making sense, and it'll always make sense. But greater than that, for us, Scripture will make faith. And if you're going to change anything in your life, you're going to have to believe that things can change in your life. Because if you don't think that things can change in your life, it'll just be status quo, just like it's the same old, same old, what it's always been. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God's got a bright future for you. And whatever change you that needs to be made in your life, God is in the life-changing business. And that's just not a generic quotation. It's something that we need to believe in our heart and expect that God is going to do that in my life. Now, the common thread that's through all of those verses is love. And love, the love of God, there is no greater force in all of the universe than the love of God because God himself is love. It's his characteristic. It's his nature. There's many other facets about him, but love personifies who he really is. You say, well, what do you mean when you say that love personifies who he really is? Love was made personal, and love came, and love paid a ransom. Love gave itself for us so that when we were in our places of brokenness, that he came and loved us, wraps his arms around us, and wants to put us back together again. Amen. 
and I was thinking about, and when I was a, when I was a teenager, I used to work down in Stumpy Point, and there were people, it was a fishing village, and people would take and they would bend their nets. If a hole got knocked in their nets, they would take and cut the broken web out, and they had a net needle with string attached. They're made a certain way just so that they can fit and weave in the different parts of the net that a regular needle, it, it was made just for that job. And I want to tell you, Jesus was made just for fixing us. And the places where life has taken and ripped holes in us and left us with deficits in those areas, Jesus has came to mend those places. He's came to mend the broken heart. He knows how to fix things. He knows how to change things. He knows how to transform things. And I can look at that hole that was cut in that net or that was knocked in that net. No matter what it was that did it, the end result, there was a hole in it. And then I could watch those old timers and they would take their knife and take their pocket knife out of their pocket. And it was, they would cut certain parts of that net because there were certain shapes that they were after. They had things that they called flats and dog ears. Yeah. You say, well, what's a flat and a dog ear got to do with fixing a net? This was the way that they saw it in their mind. And God sees the way that the, the things has been knocked in us in our experience in life. And you don't have to be older for this to happen. Most of the time, these things start at a very young age. Because if Satan has the advantage on somebody at a young age, he can keep them destroyed for the rest of their life. But I'm here to tell you that God has, has somebody that is in the repair business, and his name is Jesus, and he knows how to fix those places that are inside of us. He knows how to change these things, these hard places that we've been through, these hard things that we don't want to expose, be exposed to anybody else. He already sees it. And he looks at our life, and when he looks at it in his life, and he sees this big gaping hole that's in there because of something that we went through, he says, I know how to cut that out. I know how to put that back together again. I, mean, I know how to tie this together. This is one of the things that I was seeing with this here three passages of Scripture because Scripture says a three strong cord is not easily broken. And God knows how to take and weave one direction and knows how to weave another direction and knows how to weave another direction and He knows how to tie the fabric of your being back together again. He will not leave you like Humpty Dumpty. Amen. You remember the story of Humpty Dumpty? He fell off the wall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But I tell you one thing, there is no life that is so messed up that Jesus doesn't know how to fix it. Amen. He looks at it and he sees, when he sees us, we just think it's just started. But he sees a finished work. He sees all of the beauty that, that can come from your life. Yes. But there's something that a lot of times 
in almost every one of us, in fact, I would dare say in every one of us, that hinders that plan and purpose that God has for your life. And here, Paul is telling this to Timothy because Timothy is at a hard place in his life. Here he is, he's the pastor of the largest church in the known world at that time. And there's such persecution taking place in the church that people that have been committed and dedicated to serving God and had their lives changed and transformed, they're walking away. And this huge church that he has is starting now to dwindle in size. And people are defecting from the faith because of the persecution that they're going through. And Paul writes this letter inspired by God and he says these words to him because there's something that's got to be bolstered up inside of him. And he says, Timothy, God has not given you the spirit of fear. Now I want you to see something a little bit different than maybe that you have before. And that is that fear is a spirit. There's a word that's spoken, but there's a spirit that attaches itself to that word. And if somebody gives in to it, they will become imprisoned to it. And they will stay in prison to it. And some people never get out of that prison. They stay in that place. Because there's been a cap that's been set over top of them, and they say words like, I can't. Now, just changing your words that I can't won't change your situation. But getting God involved in your situation and changing your heart and changing what you say will change your situation. Amen. They say that a flea has the ability to jump about so high. But you can put fleas in a container that's shorter than what their ability to jump is and put a seal to top so that they can't jump through it. And every time they'll bump their head, they'll bump their head every time and they fall back down to the ground. After a while, you can uncover that vessel. They're free to go anytime that they want to, but they have been trained that they can't get out of this vessel, so they settle. And sometimes we're in the same boat that the fleas are in. We've experienced things in life and we bump our head and we bump our head and we get tired of bumping our head and we say, I can't. And somebody looks at you that's been in a lower state than what you are and they said, you can make it. You can do this. And we say, I can't. But I'm here today to tell you, Jesus said, you can. Don't stop yourself from dreaming. Don't stop yourself and don't let that spirit of fear be what controls you that I've got to do it this way so that I feel safe. There's nothing wrong with feeling safe. But do it in the confines 
that God has made available in the avenues and veins. Don't let it be our own fears that stop us. You might say, well, I'd really love to get an education. Now this happened to me. When I graduated from high school, I had the ability mentally to be able to go to college, but I didn't have the money and I didn't want to put the strain on mom and daddy to go to college, so I chose not to go to college. I believe I could have went to college and I could have passed all of my courses and I wouldn't have never had any problem. I could have had a degree on my wall. I was 30 years old with a wife and two children and a house when I made the decision to go to school. And my daddy, and, I, and not only that, I decided to go to school in Oklahoma rather than North Carolina. And daddy said, ain't there schools in North Carolina? You got to go all the way to Oklahoma to go to school? I did have to go all the way to Oklahoma to go to school because that's where in my heart I was supposed to be. So, I loaded up the truck and I moved. <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> Look like the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Can you see a 1973 school bus? Becky used to ride on that school bus to go to school. When she was a girl, that was the school bus. And I bought the school bus out of the surplus equipment from Washington County from the school, from the school suit. Put dual tanks on it. Put a trailer hitch on it took the seats out of it, built a cage across the front, took two of the seats and fixed them so the kids, they were small at that time, so they could go to, go to sleep and rest on it. Put the deep freeze, loaded everything up, hooked up a, a car dolly, pulling an LTD2 station wagon. <laughs> if that ain't the Beverly Hillbillies, I was shut my mouth. Did it matter what it looked like? <coughs> Absolutely not, because I had a dream in my heart. I had something that I had to go for. And that's one of the things that fear will do. It'll stop you from dreaming. And it'll keep telling you and dictating to you that you can't. But if God puts something in your heart, you go with it with all of your heart and all of your being. And don't let fear be what holds you. The spirit of fear. He didn't just call it a spirit of fear. He called it the spirit of fear. You have the ability to jump out of the boat. But if you listen sometimes to what other people say. And sometimes what we have said about our own self. I can't. You know what my mama told us when we were growing up about can't? Can't is a coward who's too lazy to try. Yep. And she would instill little things in us that if somebody else can do it, you can learn to do it. You're just as smart as anybody else is. You're just as good as anybody else is. You're not better than them, but you're just as good as anybody else. 
and help to instill sound things in us. But I want to tell you that there's some things here because I want you to be able to put these things in two different categories. On this one side, you've got a faith side, and on this other side, you've got a fear side. And they're always enemies, and they're always fighting against each other. But I am amazed when I read this passage of Scripture that, and I'm going to quote it to you, You've got your Bible open to it. Look at it. He said, I have not given you, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, of love, and a sound mind. Now, notice in that he never says a word about faith. Did you notice that? I noticed it. He never says one word about faith. And I believe there's a reason why. In our other passages of Scripture, it says that in Christ Jesus, that being a Jew or not being a Jew, being circumcised or not circumcised, availeth nothing. But what does avail something is faith that works by love. Now, faith is an important component. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You will never accomplish anything in your life if you don't believe that you can. So faith carries a lot of weight. But here he pulls something into balance. He says, faith works by love. So if you're going to work with God's plan and you're going to have God involved in your situation and you're going to have God mending those holes or fixing those places that are in your life where a hole has been knocked in and we've all faced them. We've all been through them. We're here today. Sometimes we're here today with holes still knocked in us. That God says, I don't want you to go around holy in that sense. I want you to go around holy in the sense that I have made you holy. But not, some people will go around with these here torn up pants now. You know, the ones with holes all around. That's the ones we threw away when I was growing up. And now, people go by them and they call these holy jeans. I'm going to tell you one thing. God wants you to have a holy life, but he doesn't want you to have a holy life because you got holes not in your life. He wants to put it all back together and fix that place and mend that place so that that place is not your focus anymore. Try. You ever see that in your pants? Anybody ever done that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> If you ever rip the seat out in your pants, you will be very mindful of the way that you turn and the way that you go about doing things so that you don't expose what you want, don't want exposed. Do you follow me? Do you catch? Do you catch what I'm putting down? 
God does not want us to focus on the hole that's been knocked in our life. He wants to heal that hole Amen. so that the focus can be on him. Amen. See, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Because just as that flea could not jump out of that vessel because he thought that he couldn't, you will be hindered in your walk because you think that you can't. And sometimes you say, well, my grandmama didn't do it, my mama didn't do it, and I can't do it. Just because your grandmama didn't do it, and just because your mama didn't do it, does not mean that you can't do it. Amen. In fact, I like something that Jerry Savelle said. He said this. He said, you may be the very one that breaks that curse in your life. You may be the very one that changes that for, the, from, for generations to come. This is the way that it was, but it don't have to be like it was if we will believe like it is. If we will believe because Jesus has given us a power, and that is the power of change. The power to change. To power to take a hold of the things of God. In fact, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, there was a power that came with him. And it's a transforming power. It's a changing power. It's a renewing power. It's an invigorating power. And he wants that power to be at work in us. He said, Timothy, everybody in here, I've not given you the spirit of fear. Amen. What I have given you in this category, the spirit of fear, in this category, what God gives. <clears throat> he said, I have given you the spirit of power, spirit of love. Did you know that just as fear has a, has a spirit that accompanies it. And you know what it is? It's the power of darkness. It's the power of Satan. It's the power of I can't. But on this side, God has given us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Did you know that a sound mind is accompanied with a spirit? Did you know that love is accompanied with a spirit? Did you know that power is accompanied with the Spirit? You know what it is? It's the Spirit of God. It's the quality. It's the nature of God. Fear is the nature of the devil. It's the nature of the enemy. But on God's side, that, that power and love and a sound mind are qualities or attributes of God. If you find somebody with mental illness, that person wants a sound mind. Because there's something that's been taken from them. That's right. If fear has had somebody bound and they're, they're scared to do something, God wants them to be liberated from that so that they can walk in that power that he has. And he gives them the power to be able to change it, the power to take a hold of the power of the power of God. But all of this works by love. Faith that works by love. 
Now, if you're going to have the outcome that God wants you to have, and how many of us know that God knows his plans for you? And his plans are to prosper you. In fact, we went over it Wednesday night, and it's, it's invigorated something again in me. Brethren, I wish above all things, all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He's wanting us to see something on the inside before we see it on the outside. That we believe it on the inside in the soulish realm. You've got to allow, we've got to allow our minds to change because the mind is the battleground. The mind is the place that the enemy speaks to tell you that you can't. Sandy's up here and some of the things that the enemy has whispered to her. You're worthless. Anybody ever had that? Oh, yeah. Those words like that? You're worthless. Your parents may have said that. You want to never amount to nothing. You know what those are? That's the enemy using them to speak things into your life. But I'm here to tell you today, Jesus doesn't want you to be paying attention to that stuff anymore. In fact, he wants to drive that stuff because perfect love casteth out fear or perfect love drives out fear. Because God wants things changed in our life. Now, I want to look at this passage of scripture just a second. 1 Timothy 4 and 18. For there is no fear in love. Now, I want you to, I want to ask you a question. I want you to be honest. I don't want you to answer it out loud. I want you to think about it. Do I have any fear operating in me? Now, I'm under the persuasion of this. A lot of times we've got a lot more fear operating in, in us than we are willing to admit. But there's something that we do have to admit if we're going to incorporate change in our life. This is one of the things that if you go and observe uh, AA or NA, Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the first things that they have to get people to do is to recognize that they've got a problem. If you don't recognize that you have a problem, then it's always everybody else's fault for the predicament that I'm in and never my own. So they have to come face to face. And there's something that if, if you're going to grow in these things of God, you've got to become honest with yourself. And if you were to say this morning, I do have a fear 
of this. I do have a fear of this. It doesn't have to be something that puts the cap on your life because with you being honest about it, what you do then, you untie the hands of God because we were believing the lie before. But now if we start believing the truth, the Bible says that the truth will set you free. So God has a way of producing this change in our lives. But we've got to take a hold of this problem together with him against it. And just like these old fishermen, that like Ronnie, when they, when they got that net, then they would look at the hole, and I would look at it and say, man, that's a big hole. What in the world are you going to do with that hole? But there was something that they knew with the way that, that the anatomy of that net was put together. This, it was all shapes. He didn't, have, he didn't have to try to put a star in here. These things were all squares. So he, he knew exactly what he needed to cut out. And he knew what shapes would go together. So he took those shapes and cut it out. And then he just tied it back together with what he saw. He saw when he cut it out the way it was going to go back together. He saw the way that it ought to be. I want you to see this about yourself. God sees the way that it is. And he is the master architect of our beings. And he knows how, for fear has ravaged us and held us in a place that I can't to change that thing over, to repel it. Because perfect love casts out fear or drives it out of our life. Let me give you a picture of it. I went through a separation and divorce, and my life, I never thought that something would affect me the way that it did. It come as close to physically killing me as anything that I have come in contact with in my life. But I felt impressed that I needed to go back to Oklahoma for some meetings. Here I was, now, wifeless, with two kids. Raising two kids. But there was something here that I felt impressed on the inside that I needed to do. So I loaded up the car, and I drove by myself. I left about 6 o'clock one morning, and I headed to Oklahoma. Now, I've made this trip many times, but I had never made it by myself. And it wasn't a thing of being scared to go by myself. That wasn't the issue. Is I had always been there with my family, and we were a unit. And now the family had been altered. And there was something about it that there was a fear that was there because I didn't know how I would be received. 
I knew that people would love me. I knew that people would understand me. But the enemy will take any advantage that he can to tell you anything that he can to get it across. But I had determined in my heart. And it takes faith to walk with God. And it takes faith to walk with God or to walk out of a situation. To allow change to take place. So, I got in the car six that morning and I started driving west. And I stayed driving west and I got to Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee is about the halfway point. And I said, well, I still feel pretty fresh. I said, I think I'm going to drive to Memphis. So I drove to Memphis. I said, I don't want to be in Memphis. I would like to be at least because Memphis has something that's right beside it. It's the Mississippi River. And you cross over a bridge over the Mississippi River, and you leave from Tennessee into Arkansas. And I spent the night in West Memphis, Arkansas, just on the other side of the Mississippi River. I went and went to a restaurant, got me something to eat, went to the hotel, got, got, got ready for bed. I hear a knock on the door. Nobody don't know me in West Memphis, Arkansas. I mean nobody. But knock at the door. And somebody says, you left your keys in the door. You may want to. And I thanked them. I didn't know I was that tired. Now, I want you to notice something that happened to me all the way. I cried almost all the way from home to West Memphis, Arkansas. I cried almost all the way from West Memphis, Arkansas to Oklahoma. I cried during a lot of the meetings. Oh, it's not, it's not right for a man to cry. Let me tell you something. You can have enough weight on you that tears will find their way out. But a lot of times tears has got to find their way out so that healing can find its way in. Because you can bottle up all you want and you can be as hard and tough, male or female, as you want and still be operating with the spirit of fear. But I wasn't going there to stay in fear. I was going there to be in love. I was going there to let faith change my life. I was going there to take a hold of this problem together with God. And I was not going to stay in this predicament for the rest of my life. And you need to see yourself that way. I am not going to stay and let this situation or circumstance dictate to me for the rest of my life who I am. You know, the hole, we always guard in the hole. I can I, well, I walk, I got to walk like this, or I got to walk like this, or I got to hold here, I got to walk like this. And you're always covering the hole <laughs> because we don't want to expose ourselves. But God says, I want you to get your focus off of that hole and get your 
focus on me because I want to change that in your life. That situation, that circumstance is not what defines you. He wants to say, I am who defines you. I am love because perfect love casts out fear and perfect love is what Jesus is. He doesn't want us to stay in that same predicament. Now, will we allow this love of God? Will we allow this power of God to change our minds so that our minds can be sound? Oh, you, you hear some people saying they've got everything together and said, man, what I would do that to be thinking like that. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You can think like that. Because it's the will of God that our minds be sound. That our minds be stable. That our minds be strong. That our minds think in line with Him. That we think God thoughts. Let our minds be renewed by the Word of God. So that when something we face in life comes up, that we, we respond to it with what thus saith the Lord. And we start speaking what thus saith the Lord. Doctors say one thing, word says another. Amen. Whom I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Yes. Amen? Yes, amen. Right. I'm going to believe God. Amen. Because God has my best interests at heart. Because he's not giving me, put it into categories, he's not giving me. The spirit of fear. What has he given me? He has given me power. The spirit of power. He has given me love. The spirit of love. He has given me a sound mind. The spirit of a sound mind. That I think like God thinks. Amen. Ain't that a good way of thinking? You think God ever has a bad day? You don't have to answer if there's any being that I believe that's got it all together, he's got it all together. He never has a bad hair day. He never has a bad day. He's an overcomer in every situation. He is victorious in every situation. And he wants us operating in that same spirit or in that same vein, or in that same attitude, or in that same direction. Because that's what he's given us. Now I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Do you want change in your life bad enough to be honest with yourself to turn loose of the fear? You say, well, why in the world wouldn't you go and do that? You say, well, I don't have no fear. Well, why won't you move toward Jesus? If Jesus is the author and the finisher, if Jesus has got all the answers for my problem, why, what's keeping me in this place when I should be in that place? Is that fair enough? Brothers and sisters, purpose in your heart just like I purposed that morning that I was getting in that car at 6 o'clock in the morning and I was headed out of my problem. 
I did not know what I was going to face as I was going that way, but I knew I had to go that way. Don't let your situation dictate to you what the rest of your life is going to be. But take a hold together with God against that thing because perfect love casts out fear. And there's, a, there's something that I want you to see about Jesus, and that is he wants you free. Free. Sometimes we don't know just how bound we are until we're free of it. Sometimes you never miss somebody so much until they're gone. Amen. And then you see just what kind of treasure that you have. Yep. Sometimes we get op used to operating a certain way. And we think that there's nothing else but just this way. But I want to tell you, and God sent me to tell you, he wants to change some things. He doesn't want us going around the same bush and around the same bush and around the same bush. He's got a plan for us. It's for us to prosper, to be in health, even as our soul prospers. Jeremiah prophesied, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans I've got an expected end. God's got an expected end. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Believe this with me today. Jesus, I'm tired of operating in this same old, same old. I want this change in my life. I'm willing and I'm putting feet with my faith that I am not going to stay in this place not one more second. Not one more minute, not one more hour, but I'm moving towards you. And let the power of God change your life because perfect love casts out fear. Go ahead and play something for me, please.
You don't dominate me. I dominate you. Jesus rose victorious over you. And I'm in him, and I rise victorious over you also. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Thank you, Lord. You've not given me the spirit of fear. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.